Section 31 of the Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2, Section 31. 5. Milk Producers' Contribution Activity in 1971 Following the Milk Price Support Decision. Money for Connolly, the President's Campaign, and the Ellsberg Break-In. After the favorable price support decision was announced on March 25, 1971, the milk producers turned their attention to honoring their commitment of contributions to the President's campaign. Within one week after the announcement, arrangements were underway to contribute another $50,000 to the RNC committees and to begin giving the first $250,000 to 100 committees whose link to the President's campaign was kept confidential. Nearly the entire $250,000 was, in fact, contributed by early September 1971, at which time AMPI also accomplished one of its long-sought-after objectives. The President attended and addressed an AMPI annual convention. At the time of that convention, an additional contribution was made by the milk producers, at the special request of Charles Colson. Colson testified before a state grand jury that the milk money was used to pay for the break-in of the office of Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist, Dr. Lewis Fielding. Even before these contributions were made, the milk producers made at least one, and perhaps two, payments to Jake Jacobson for Secretary Connolly's use. About one month after the milk price support increase was granted, Jacobson requested and received from AMPI $10,000 in cash, stating it was for Connolly, but Connolly and Jacobson denied that Connolly accepted the money. There is evidence that another $5,000 in cash, also from corporate funds, was requested and provided later in the year by Jacobson for Connolly, and that these payments were related to Connolly's assistance, not only in the price support matter, but also other matters, including a Justice Department antitrust suit against AMPI. Both Jacobson and Conley have denied any knowledge of that second transaction. A. AMPI Cash Payments for Conley Shortly after Jake Jacobson had sought, and obtained, the assistance of Treasury Secretary Conley in the effort to secure a price support increase in 1971, Jacobson sought, and obtained, $10,000 in cash from AMPI for Conley's use. Both Connolly and Jacobson deny that Connolly ever took or used the money, and Jacobson has testified that the $10,000 remained in his safe deposit box untouched for over two and a half years. However, the committee has obtained documentation from the Bureau of Engraving and the Federal Reserve System indicating that some of the bills of the $10,000 were not even placed into circulation until almost two years after Jacobson says he placed them in his box. There is also evidence that Jacobson acquired another $5,000 in similar fashion later in the year. Jacobson denies even requesting, much less receiving, the $5,000 payment, and Connolly denies any knowledge of the $5,000 matter. 1. $10,000 for Connolly. A. Lilly's Testimony. Based on his contemporaneous notes and bank records, Lilly testified that on April 28, 1971, Approximately one month after the milk price support increase, Jacobson called Lilly in San Antonio and requested $10,000 in cash for John Connolly. 
although jacobson says that he asked for the money so that connolly could make personal political contributions jacobson concedes that he told lilly only that it was for connolly's use he says he made the request since connolly had been helpful to us in the price support thing jacobson says he didn't know where lilly was going to obtain the money it should be recalled that jacobson had participated in the one hundred thousand dollar loan in december nineteen sixty nine and the payback scheme allegedly involving the use of corporate funds in addition jacobson requested and received the ten thousand dollars from lilly in the form of cash and failed to provide to lilly committee names to enable tape to meet its reporting requirements virtually obliging lilly to use corporate rather than tape funds lilly did on may third he contacted ampey's principal conduit stuart russell and asked for ten thousand dollars without telling him it was for conley because it would necessitate his double billing ampey to recoup the money russell allegedly asked lilly whether there wasn't a less costly means of getting the money such as setting up dummy expense accounts for ampey to cover the ten thousand dollars and eliminate the need for the conduit double billing ampy for the ten thousand dollars as income to the conduit and another ten thousand dollars for his excess taxes lilly conferred with nelson who according to lilly authorized him to borrow the money from the bank as he had done for the one hundred thousand dollars in december nineteen sixty nine lilly did so and the loan was eventually repaid by means of the costly scheme of laundering ampy corporate funds through its conduits on may fourth nineteen seventy one lilly borrowed ten thousand dollars in cash from jacobson's bank citizen national bank in austin and executed a sixty-day note as he had done for the december nineteen sixty nine loan when lilly delivered the cash to jacobson at the bank lilly says jacobson told him he was going to put it in connolly's cash box or in his cash box and hold it for connolly b jacobson's and connolly's testimony jacobson says that lilly delivered the money in one hundred dollar bills to him and that instead of placing it intact in his box he took it home and during the next week or two changed it at several banks into smaller bills and then placed that money in his safe deposit box he says he took these steps in mid-1971 because there are a lot of politicians that do not like to take $100 bills. Jacobson says he then met with Connolly sometime in June or July 1971 and told him that he had $10,000 available from the milk people for Connolly's use for personal political contributions. He says that Connolly told him that since he was a Democrat in a Republican administration, he felt it was inappropriate for him to contribute to either party and that therefore he refused the money jacobson says that he kept the money in his box since he knew we were going to get into this presidential campaign and in the second half of nineteen seventy two after connolly had left the administration and headed democrats for nixon offered the money to connolly for democrats for nixon jacobson who was assisting connolly in the campaign effort says that Connolly refused without explanation, although Jacobson assumes the reason was the adverse publicity, discussed below, over the series of $2,500 milk producer contributions in 1971 to the multiple committees. He failed to reconcile the fact of Connolly's alleged refusal in 1972 with Connolly's contemporaneous acceptance, arranged by Jacobson, of $50,000 for Democrats for Nixon, headed by Connolly, 
from the other two dairy co-ops who had been involved in the same series of 1971 contributions. Connolly's testimony before the committee on this matter is virtually identical to Jacobson's. He testified that in the latter part of June or early July 1971, Connolly met with Jacobson, who told him that the milk producers were prepared to start making contributions to various candidates in the 1972 campaign, and that he had available $10,000 in cash for candidates of Connolly's choosing. Connolly says he refused, and told Jacobson that, as a Democrat in a Republican administration, he wanted to be non-political and not take any interest in party partisan politics. Connolly says that his refusal ended it, until the next year when Jacobson again offered Connolly the money. According to Connolly, Jacobson raised the matter one more time, in 1972, when Connolly and Jacobson were involved with Democrats for Nixon. Connolly says he again refused, but unlike Jacobson's account, he says he did explain his reasons. He says he told Jacobson that since AMPI had undergone a change in management and had tax and antitrust problems with the administration, he preferred not to take the money. Jacobson and Connolly each testified that Connolly did not tell him to return the money to AMPI. In fact, there is evidence that Jacobson did not keep the money in his box as he testified, but that instead Jacobson disposed of some or all of the money. C. Other Evidence Jacobson says that the $10,000 in small bills remained in his safe deposit box untouched from May 1971 until late 1973, when the FBI took an inventory of it, and that he did not give the money to Connolly, use it himself, or know of any other use of the money in the interim. To the contrary, the committee has proof that some money in Jacobson's box on November 27, 1973, could not have been placed there until well after 1971, and in one instance until March 1973, nearly two years after Jacobson swears he put the money in the box. On November 27, 1973, with Jacobson's consent, the FBI took an inventory of $10,000 in one of Jacobson's safe deposit boxes. The inventory revealed a total of four $100 bills, 91 $50 bills, and 250 $20 bills. All of the $100 bills were printed and distributed to commercial banks in the 1960s or before. However, an analysis of the records of the Bureau of Engraving and of the Federal Reserve System indicates that at least 34 of the 91 $50 bills were either not printed or issued to a commercial bank for public use until after May 1971, when, according to Jacobson's sworn testimony, he put the bills in his box. In fact, at least 16 of the bills were not put into commercial circulation until 1972, and at least one bill not until 1973. One $50 bill was not even yet in the possession of a commercial bank as of March 28, 1973, roughly eight months before the inventory was taken. On February 21, 1974, Jacobson was indicted by a District of Columbia federal grand jury for perjury in testifying before the grand jury that he did not touch the $10,000 in his box between May 1971 and November 1973. The indictment was dismissed by the chief judge, George L. Hart, of the Federal District Court of the District of Columbia, on May 3, 1974. 
since the original ten thousand dollars was received in cash and used some time in the past three years it has not been possible to determine its disposition with any certainty jacobson maintained two safe deposit boxes at the bank the bank entry records for box number nine nine eight in which ten thousand dollars was found in november nineteen seventy three shows no entries into the box by jacobson in may nineteen seventy one the month he put the money in the box according to his testimony and only one on may nineteenth by his secretary however entry records for the other box number eight six five show an entry by jacobson on may fourth nineteen seventy one at four fifty p m the day he received the cash from lilly although the first time jacobson and connolly met after jacobson received the money was may fourteenth Connolly and Jacobson each testified that they did not discuss the matter of the cash until June or July, and Connolly's log showed no private meeting between them until June 28th, almost two months after the payment from Lilly. 2. $5,000 for Connolly Lilly testified that in late 1971 he made another payment to Jacobson, who said it was for Connolly's use and there is independent evidence to corroborate Lilly's testimony. Jacobson denied requesting or receiving any additional money, and Connolly denies any knowledge of the matter. Lilly says that on October 13, 1971, he received a message that Jacobson had called, and, when he returned the call, Jacobson told him that he was going to Washington soon and wanted to tell Connolly that he would have another $5,000 for him in Jake's safety deposit box at the Citizens National Bank in Austin in a short time. Lilly says he told Jacobson, okay, he could tell Mr. Connolly that. Lilly obtained the money directly from Russell in the form of a check, dated November 3rd, for $5,000 payable to cash. Lilly says that on the morning of November 10th, 1971, he flew from San Antonio to Austin with the Russell check. When he arrived at the Austin airport, he met, by accident, Parr, Jacobson, Joseph Long, Jacobson's law partner, and Tom Townsend, another AMPI employee. Lilly then went to the Citizens National Bank, cashed the check, and delivered the cash to Jacobson in Long's presence at their law offices. Lilly says that Jacobson left at about 11.45 a.m. to go to the bank and put the money in his safe deposit box. Jacobson and Long deny any knowledge of the request or delivery of the money. Similarly, Connolly states that he never discussed the $5,000 with Jacobson. However, since November 14, 1973, when Lilly testified before the Select Committee concerning these events, the committee has obtained several pieces of relevant evidence unknown and unavailable to Lilly at the time of his testimony. First, according to his logs, Connolly met with Jacobson on October 14, 1971, the day after Jacobson allegedly told Lilly that he was going to Washington soon and wanted to tell Connolly about another payment. Neither Jacobson nor Connolly gave any inkling as to why Jacobson would have any other reason to discuss with Lilly his plan to see Connolly, other than in connection with Jacobson's request for more money, purportedly for Connolly. Second, with respect to the chance meeting between Lilly and Jacobson, Long, Parr, and Townsend on November 10th, Townsend testified that sometime in 1971 he was on his way with Parr from Little Rock to San Antonio, and they stopped in Austin to see Jacobson. 
while they were in the airport with jacobson and long he says lily accidentally met them exactly as lily had testified and parr corroborates this third the five thousand dollar russell check was according to the stamp on its reverse side negotiated at citizens national bank in austin on november tenth nineteen seventy one fourth jacobson made an entry into one of his two safe deposit boxes at twelve thirty p m on november tenth nineteen seventy one forty-five minutes after the time lily testified that jacobson left to put the money in his box the committee attempted to recall jacobson but his attorney informed the staff that jacobson would not testify as to matters relating to his receipt and use of ampy cash for connolly but would if called plead the fifth amendment on may twenty second nineteen seventy four the committee voted to apply to the court for an order compelling jacobson to testify and granting him use of immunity for that testimony and the court ruled it would issue the order on june twenty first nineteen seventy four however at the request of the office of the special prosecutor which informed the committee that it was conducting an ongoing investigation of matters involving jacobson the committee on june nineteenth voted to withdraw its application and the court granted the committee's motion to withdraw its application on june twentieth nineteen seventy four b milk producers contributions to the president's campaign the nineteen seventy one ampi convention during the balance of nineteen seventy one after the price support decision in march the three dairy trusts contributed another two hundred and eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars to presidential and other republican committees two hundred and thirty two thousand five hundred dollars to the first ninety three nixon committees the other fifty thousand dollars to other republican committees and committed on march twenty fourth and as discussed in the following section five thousand dollars for the president's campaign that was used to pay for the ellsberg break-in this was in addition to the earlier ten thousand and twenty five thousand dollar contributions to republican committees on march twenty second and twenty fourth there is no suggestion or evidence that anyone connected with the rnc was aware of the reason for the contributions one fifty thousand dollars from adept and ten thousand dollars from space within one week after the meeting at the louisville airport on the night of march twenty third twenty fourth steps were taken by tape to loan fifty thousand dollars to adept which then contributed the fifty thousand dollars as part of a commitment made by hanman for adept on march twenty fourth on march thirtieth nineteen seventy one w devere pearson one of ampey's attorneys who advised tape wrote a letter to robert o isham the trustee for tape giving his opinion that tape could legally make the loan and was not required to report it that same day marion harrison sent nine committee names the same committees to which space and tape had contributed thirty five thousand dollars the previous week to hanman of mid-am and stated that he would be sending a tenth name later when it was available upon receipt of the committee names william delano of adept drew nine checks each for five thousand dollars he dated them april fifth but they were not sent until later in the month after the loan from tape to adept was made on april sixteenth isham sent to delano a fifty thousand dollar tape check together with a note to cover the adept loan and on april nineteenth delano signed the note and returned it to isham 
that same day hanman mailed the first forty five thousand dollars to harrison the tenth committee name was not sent to hanman by harrison until the fall of nineteen seventy one when on november ninth nineteen seventy one adept contributed five thousand dollars to that committee salute to the president dinner committee the fifty thousand dollar contribution was made to fulfill a commitment made on march twenty fourth nineteen seventy one as a result of discussions between the milk producer leaders at the louisville airport meeting as noted above hanman understood that at least part of the adept contributions would go for the president's re-election campaign however there is no evidence that any portion of these monies were transferred to any presidential committee end of section thirty one